what's beer delivery like where you are? Do you even have it? I ask, because in Beijing, in China, in Beijing, Shanghai, the bigger cities, we have the the luxury of being able to order online and receive within like 30 minutes our order, and that includes beer. Not that I've been drinking too much lately, but uh, today I did order a few more, only because I, was like, I got two from the store. I'm like, well, you know, it'd be nice to have just a couple bit more, if not for tonight, then sometime later down the line. Or even, you know what, as I've, I've come to terms with, if I don't finish one, I'll just dump it out. It's actually, it's, it's not a loss of money. I don't look at it as, uh, in terms of the financial cost. I actually look at it in terms of what can I get done. And if I save whatever remnants of uh, a bottle I don't finish, if I feel compelled to finish it the next day or the next day next day, what do I lose as a result of doing that? So in that case, I go, well, you know, the, the, the bottles that I buy are about 12 quiet peas, so it's $4. Uh, sorry, divide by five, $2.50. Uh, $2.50 Canadian. So if I throw out $1.25 worth of beer in order to gain more productivity as a result, I will do that. I will sacrifice it because I can make that money back. And anybody who's going to sit there and go, well, you know, that's... It's waste. I go, ah, you're right. But it's the same thing as flushing any sort of amount of water down the toilet, isn't it? Not that I'm saying the beer I drink is toilet water. I am saying simply, in so many words, it's not a big loss. It is Thursday, November 4th, 2021. I'm Steven Sersky. Thank you very much for listening to me. And I've noticed that uh, the uh, podcast, this audio blog, has had a few listeners over the last couple days. So thank you for taking the time and spending it with me and listening to my voice as it recovers from the uh, nasal congestion that I've had over the last week or so. I know you love to hear that. I attribute it, uh, the, the clear, the, my current, my today's clarity to the garlic. 100%. I've been chewing two cloves of garlic a day for the last three or four days and I'm waking up yeah I reek of garlic still but I feel fantastic I it, it's a miracle food isn't it uh, I don't know if it is uh, but yeah I was reading up on the the benefits of eating garlic and surely it does and that's why a lot of old people eat it and guess what age I'm hitting it's getting pretty old at this point so I mean, you know, don't deny who you are. Just eat your garlic and go to bed healthy, right? Uh, today was actually quite busy. I didn't have anything uh, work-wise scheduled. Same with tomorrow. Uh, that's all been canceled. Saturday, I'm in the office again, but no problem, as I do have some things to uh, keep me busy. You know, it was funny. I woke up this morning, um, didn't miss a beat in terms of, you know, is it work day or is it... Um, a non-work day because my non-work days are more busy than my work days however you want to classify it 
I classify it as I didn't miss a beat, got up, walk, Chinese vocabulary, Chinese listening, Chinese reading, uh, did a little bit of hello talk today, not too much. I was looking at taking classes, HSK5 classes. So my teacher on Mondays, uh, she runs a school and I was thinking, and there's been other people, uh, there's at least one other colleague I know who goes to her classes for the HSK6 level. Now, that, So I'm working on HSK5, he's working on HSK6 and, and above sort of thing. And he's saying like every Sunday he goes to the physical school, whereas I, I do all my classes online. He goes to the physical school and there's three or four other people that show up to class and they practice the grammar and vocabulary needed for the HSK6 level. And I got thinking, you know, with this whole COVID thing and the pandemic and the blah, 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 blah. Last year, my idea, or even I, maybe it was two and a half years. I, a while ago, I mentioned my desire that uh, to improve my spoken Chinese because I see, I feel my reading Chinese and my vocabulary increasing. But whenever I speak and whenever I listen, I just, I just, I don't get it. Okay, I'm locked out of this cabinet that is the Mandarin Chinese language. And I've noticed, uh, and I, I, I see the people who are HSK5 level and above around me, and I, I acknowledge that they are better speakers and better listeners than I am. And I wonder if it's because they're on the other side of the HSK5 study material, meaning that they've already completed it. So they have the vocabulary, they have the grammar structures, and they're able to communicate a lot better than I am. But I'm sitting here going, why is it that I can't understand what these people are saying? And why is it that I can't talk? Like, why is it that whenever I speak a, a, a Chinese, a Mandarin Chinese sentence, it, it first of all sounds like terrible. And it hardly communicates in a proper fashion in the grammatically correct or vocabulary correct Mandarin Chinese method of communication. I, I just, something's missing. So this is what got me. So for the last, what is it, I guess year and a bit, uh, not exactly a year and a half, but a year and a bit, I've been seeing my teacher, not seeing, but online, one-on-one. -on -one. What if instead of one-on-one -on -one classes and instead of the traveling to expose myself to more of the Chinese speaking ways, I just went to class. Because what's sort of further propagated this is the recent closure, uh, well, the restriction, I shouldn't say closure, it's a restriction of uh, exiting and entering Beijing. So it's become a little bit more problematic. Now, the good news, the good news is, is that uh, Shanghai Disneyland has reopened after two days. They've reopened, so I guess things are more or less back to normal. But over the next over the next few months, how much will I be able to travel? How many more people would I be able to meet? How much more often? Would I be able to practice my language in a way and a means that 
extends my capabilities rather than simply reinforcing what I already know. And by that I mean on apps like HelloTalk, at the bar, at the Chaosha, at the, at the supermarket, those, those situations, those circumstances really sort of only reinforce what you know. If you're a language learner, you can tell me different. But at a certain point, when you're in, in those three circumstances that I just mentioned, you're not learning much more. You're not pushing yourself more in terms of language acquisition. You're more pushing yourself in terms of language output. Uh, I, I want to apologize for being a little bit technical here, a little bit more specific, as this is very directed towards people who are learning languages. And this is not just for Mandarin Chinese learners. This is for English learners. This is for all sorts of language learners trying to master, trying to learn, trying to become a naturalized speaker, a naturalized user of another language other than your birth tongue, other than your mother language. And so when you go to the market, the supermarket, you're not going to, I mean, there are very few circumstances where you're going to be able to go to a supermarket, point out something and go, what is this? And you'll ask the question in your target language, what is this? They will respond. If you don't recognize, if you don't understand the characters, the phonemes, the sounds, the, the grammatical structures, what have you, of what they've just told you, you're not going to integrate it. You're not going to learn it. So it's going to still remain a foreign language at that point, which is where your vocabulary building comes in, where uh, it comes down to, you know, learning the grammar structures of the language according, like, from a textbook, usually. I know there are people who are able to study languages without formal lessons. and I mean, it's, history proves it. Uh, I don't think it, there's any shred of a doubt there. But nowadays, if you have the choice between suffering through multiple exposures to really not knowing what's going on, or simply paying someone to expedite your, your, your access to the, the language database, is it worth it? And so that... It's a very high fluting way of saying, maybe paying for classes is worth it. <laughs> and the reason why I was sort of thinking about this, I'm going, okay, so if I'm only speaking uh, or I'm, I'm only communicating in a limited amount uh, with people, you know, basically from Tuesday to Sunday, uh, Mondays being the one day that I have class with my Chinese teacher for only an hour, even though I can read books out loud, there might be something to be said about um, going to class for three hours on a Sunday morning, immersing myself in the vocabulary, in the grammar structures, and in the in overall language that I need to know for a certain level of competency in my target language, which is currently Mandarin Chinese. So, 3,000 renminbi. What is that? Uh, divide by five. 
something like that, a Canadian, for 30 classes. So it's basically $120 per hour. Um, might be worth it. Two and a half months. If my target is to write, complete, write, pass, and complete the HSK5 level in two and a half months or there, but like by March, I'd be about two and a half to five months. 6,000 RMB. If I scrapped my solo Chinese lessons and only did the group lessons in addition to my own self-studies, so basically what I'd be doing is swapping the one-hour, one-on-one classes on Monday, which before I have mentioned can be tough to do because of my, my stacked Mondays, and then switched it to a Sunday, but now it's three hours in a group lesson. It's going to cost more, I know. Going to require more of a time commitment, which I've always been a little bit wary of doing, but three hours class, 20 minutes there, 20 minutes back to the classroom, it might be worth it to do. So this is my current thought process in terms of studying Mandarin Chinese. Oh, long-winded answer, long-winded explanation of, you know, uh, how, how is my Chinese doing at the moment? It's a focus, and the reason why this sort of um, became uh, a little bit more forefront today is because I look at the Olympics and I go, wow, they're only two, three, three months away, four months away. It's November already. We're, we're nearing the end of 2021. We're getting into 2022. And February 2022, that's, that's the start of the Olympics officially. But the athletes are showing up beginning of January. That's only two months away. All of which means that my whole target, I mean, not that I... I've sort of given up the idea of being a translator for or, or interpreter for anyone or anything, but the, the, my own personal goal of accomplishing a certain amount of the language by that time, I mean, it, it, it's coming due. The the, uh, the balance is due, Mister Sersky. You have to pay it forward. If you don't, then you might have to stop talking about it. So it's one of those situations where I am uh, facing a, um, yeah, you have to do it. You just have to show up and put in the time. That being said, today I did, uh, did I finish Unit 16 or Unit 17? Unit 16, I think, of the HSK5 vocabulary books on Memorize. I was going through those. Tomorrow I'll get through some more. Um, Since Beijing is going through a bit of a shutdown again, who knows how much work is going to be available? That's fine. I will keep myself occupied. I will get this done. I am not leaving this country without getting to at least the HSK 6 level within the next year or so. And it's perfectly possible. It's just going to require time. Now, that being the case, I will I will I will tell you that today after studying my HSK 5 vocabulary which says it's 2,500 words total, HSK6 doubles it. So there's another 2,500 words that you have to learn, that I have to learn, in order to be prepared for the HSK6 level. I hope 
in three to four years from now, when I listen to this, this will be a joke. This will be a good thing to laugh at, that I'll be able to look back at this time and go, ha ha, yeah, that seemed difficult. Now look at what I'm working on. Who knows what I will be working on? I have some ideas. I can't say for sure. All that being said, if I were to meet someone who was thinking about studying Mandarin Chinese now, and this thought occurred to me today because of the massive time commitment Mandarin Chinese has required and is requiring to get to a certain level. Native or naturalized Chinese speakers may not fully appreciate the amount of work that's necessary to attain a certain mastery in the language. And let's be clear about one thing. Simply because they are born Chinese does not mean that they know everything about the Chinese language. The same as any other English teacher, ESL teacher, English teacher, naturalized or native speaker of the English language, they may not know all there is to know about that language. It's a fallacy. It's a a fallacy. It's a fallacy. It was a fancy trending word of with accusatory, accusatory undertones, accusatory undertones. That's what I would say it is. It's not a fallacy. I mean, it's, it's a, it's, it's a reality. If I went to any, anybody I knew back in my hometown and asked them, could you explain what this grammar structure is? What, do you know what this means? Do you know what that means? In a basic sense, they'd be like, well, I think it's this. But, I mean, they couldn't give you any rules for it. Uh, Same thing with Chinese. I mean, when we, we language learners are learning another language, there's a bit of a, I want to say dichotomy. There's a split. There's a separate mind that you almost have to develop in that, you are you, you have knowledge of your own language and your own reasoning from your language and culture and then learning another culture's language and method of reasoning reasoning in spoken manner and in written manner which is what where the grammar structures come in how do they group their ideas it's a little bit different from language to language it shows up in how they deal with things in general, but how they communicate those uh, communicate those things to other people. It's another it's it's another whole beast unto itself. Yeah, very philosophical. I know. Oh, maybe I should write this down. I think I did. Can't remember. No problem. The point is continuing on with my Chinese studies. HSK five. HSK 6, that's the goal within the next year. Yes, I'm a little bit put off by the fact that for HSK 6, I have to learn another 2,500 words. At the same time, I am encouraged by the fact that I can say that I'm working on HSK 5, which six years ago, seven years ago, eight years ago, when I came to China, that was a far, 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 far remote possibility. Not that I cared much back then either. Nowadays... A little bit more. All that being said, I'm glad I have the opportunity to do it. 
and I'm going to spend the time doing it. Folks, I hope you're doing well. I am uh, still kind of going along with the NaNoWriMo uh, writing competition challenge, writing challenge this month. Got a few words in uh, last couple days. I'm getting into the work that I'm creating. It's uh, it's a whole lot more interesting than I thought it would be. It still presents the same challenges that uh, I thought it would present. You know, when you have thought about a creative idea for so long that you're tired of it, and that you're tired of thinking about it, but then when you sit down to do it. And you start doing it and you're bored of it. You're like, I know, I know what's going to happen. I don't care anymore. The problem is, is that your creative output output, still hasn't happened. It's still in your brain. You still got to put words on the screen or on the paper or wherever. It's not done. And that's what I'm facing right now with my, uh, my little bit of a righty-right, if you will. And what keeps distracting me are episodes of Silicon Valley, which I've finally hit season five after however many weeks I've been trying to go through this. I only watched like maybe one episode, maybe one or two episodes a night, uh, every couple of nights, I should say. It's not very consistent. That being the case, I'm going to stop this here. I'm going to get a few more hundred words done, and then I'll probably watch another episode of uh, Silicon Valley. Hope you guys are well. We'll leave it there. Thanks for listening, and you'll find the show notes up on my website, stevensersky.com. If you're doing the NaNoWriMo, hashtag me along the way, the Steven Sersky on uh, Twitter. Let me know what you're writing. I'd, I'd be interested in seeing what's going on, and uh, let me know the struggles that you're doing with your, your creative outputs. Guys and girls, take it easy. Have a good one. We'll talk again. Bye-bye.